And we're rolling. Tom, I'm trying to get my friend Linnea to come out to that show in Columbus. See bus. Come see us live. Uh, Some of us. <laughs> yeah, two thirds of us. Oh, December you gonna make 27th. it? December 27th. Yeah. Flying back in time? Yeah, I'll be there. Are you going to fly into Columbus? That'd be the smart thing to do. Yeah, I might. Or I might just fly into Lexington and ride with Tom. The inaugural Street Fight Radio. I bet it'd be cheaper to fly into Columbus. Variety show. Shopped it around. What are you doing? Man, your cats are large and in charge. They are, man. Mm -hmm. They do whatever the fuck they want. Leon is bulky. I know, and he just... I feel like... it. What, wasn't it just a couple months ago he got shaved? Yep. And his ass... I wish my hair grew like that. My God. Well, the hair on my head. Yep. The rest of it can get fucked. Dude, <laughs> I've got something to... I've got something so goddamn funny to tell y'all. Um, Do tell. So I was doing my radio show yesterday. Oh, God. And um, Ricky of Not All Dogs fame <laughs> does... Speed Rick. Yeah, dude. He, he Speed Rick. If you spend 30 minutes with Ricky, it's like traveling all over the world. He knows this famous Jamaican rapper named Esau... E E S A. Buddy, he, he talks about Jamaica all the time. <laughs> he's never been. No. <laughs> he's never. Cause well, he he's kept, never been to Jamaica. No, talks about it all the time because he dates a woman who has family in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've kind of been to Jamaica. Well, hell me too, but it's like a place I want a vacation. <laughs> I think, like, I'm, I'm really appropriate about it. Like, I love dancehall music and reggae and <laughs> we all know. that shit. Well, anyways, he was like, we were talking about drugs, because he's like on jury duty for like drug court oh or something. He was like, we were talking about drugs, and he was like, buddy, he's like, he's like, now I used to be hooked on pills. I I used to I used to I used to be hooked on pills. But used he, to. He's like, but you know what? He's like, I stopped taking them. He's like, and I'll tell you why. He's like, one day I was going down to buy some pills for my guy, ten dollars worth of pills. I only had so, nine. So half a pill. Yeah, really. I was like $10 I don't know worth. what he's doing, this but shit be, ain't cheap these days. This might be adjusted for inflation. Keep in mind, Ricky's in his 60s, probably. <laughs> and so he's they, also they, they might, sundown, and so might, he's uh, probably just lied. They might have seen him coming. Yeah. Well. They sold him aspirin. They, six aspirin for $10. <laughs> yeah, six acetaminophen. Anyways, they he was like... Ten dollars a ten dollars worth of pills, but I only had nine dollars and thirty five cents on me. So I asked the guy, "It's like, can you front me sixty five cents? Front me sixty five cents." Oh my! He God. said the guy would not do it. Would not do it. And he said, and that's when I, I realized. Like I told him, I said, "You lost a customer today, sir." <laughs> he said he hasn't gone back since. Because <laughs> well, he got tried to haggle. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, tell you something. If you're gonna haggle with the, with the dope man, you got to buy him bulk. Literally. I just thought it was the funniest god that just like you lost the customer today, sir. <laughs> and you get clean. Let me speak let me, hey, let me speak let me speak to the clean. drug dealer's manager. <laughs> he got clean to spot his drug dealer. Yes. I'll show you, motherfucker. Dude, Rick's a legend. Stiff me. Dude, I'm Not all dogs said the guy got sober just to show his drug dealer. <laughs> he is an absolute Absolute maniac. king. Truly. God I love hanging out with him because I'm telling you, it's you're all over the map. <laughs> what's he? What's he done? Where's he? Where else is he, he been spiritually? In. Anyone spiritually? Yeah. 
Like, what's his religion? No, like I said, where else has he been? Like, you know, <laughs> metaphysically. Uh, well, he, you know, he was um, stationed in Germany uh, in the military. He fell off a roof in the early 70s and broke both feet. Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> he, that, 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 I heard that one when he was told to help me paint a wall and he would not climb the ladder he only held it and i had to climb it i, I kind of and i was like nope i'll do that no more <laughs> learn my lesson call for roof in 1922 and he won't go around a ladder again. <laughs> broke all four legs I'd yeah do the same thing if i fell off a fucking ladder. yeah that would be yeah we act like it's like wouldn't be terrifying <laughs> he's missing his uh index finger i just barely believe anything he says <laughs> But there is a story behind that. I asked him. I said, how'd you lose your finger? He's like, buddy, I was just cutting wood. <laughs> I was just like... Simple as that. Your finger just slipped in? He was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that sucks. Oh, damn. That sucks, man. Oh, dude, he fucking kills me. He gets on the phone just loud as fuck in Apple Shop, either on his cell phone or sometimes on the Apple Shop phone, on the Apple Shop line, just hollering at people Telling him he can't wire him any more money. <laughs> he can't send him any more money. <laughs> or that he'll be there in the next three to seven weeks. I heard him say that one time. <laughs> I told you I would be there. The next three to seven. That's, that's not the most concrete timeline anybody's no. ever given. But. No. And he would often, especially where I was doing this big mail-in the last month or so. I'd be sitting there just stuffing envelopes all fucking day. And he would come in there and sit down. And I'd be like, oh, you coming to help, Ricky? No, I got to make a phone call. <laughs> and he'd sit there next to me stuffing envelopes for an hour, poking on his little flip phone. He's got an old flip. And then making multiple calls. I think he's doing coke deals off his... Or do you think he's trying to give the appearance of, like... Dude, he may be using Apple Shop as a front. And if that's the case... <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. He wouldn't be the first, I'll tell you that. <laughs> He would not be the, the funny first. thing about him is like I have no idea where the fuck he came from, and like he's always telling me he's like, man, I used to stay away from this place because there was <laughs> hippies and liberals. He's I used to stay away from this place, and I, and I'm like, well, what's changed? <laughs> yeah, it's still <laughs> it's still hippies no one and here liberals. changed. <laughs> uh, my mom has started dating a guy who knew about Apple Shop. His uncle helped was at the apple shop in the beginning he was like back in it was just uh hippies and pot smokers i was like same 50 years later here we are same same cut who the hell tom's uncle uh blade blade <laughs> blade what a name larry adams he was an og yeah he was um uh they used to have that publication the mountain review Back in the yeah, day, what was that? Was that that was what's called, right? I think it's called the Mountain Review. Imagine if Terrence was the editor for the Mountain <laughs> Review now. Trust me, th that would be a dream job. Yeah, I mean, fucking dream job. That is my dream job to be like an editor, the, the editor of the Mountain <laughs> Review, more specifically. Very specific. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think L Ricky might be like a little lib curious or something. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all <laughs> just hanging around, just Lip uh, curious? Yeah, waiting to hear about risk pools and trapezoids. <laughs> he's went out on income tax credit. Uh, well, he's went out on many limbs to convince me he's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I think he he wants to disarm us. Uh, he literally uh, said the words, "No, I ain't racist or nothing." But that ain't a big limb. A lot of most of them go out on that limb. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a strong limb. It's holding a lot of people right now. Uh huh. Well, 
Oh, Rick. Well, I'm glad he can brighten up your Mondays. Yeah, I love Mondays because um, they're the only days out of my week that I have interactions with. You have something to do? Yes. <laughs> the key to having a good radio show at MMT is to have it bookended by a character. Yeah. Like Roy is always a good one to have mm-hmm. to come in before. Yeah, Roy was great. Um, Red, not so great. No. Nah. Red kind of sucked. All these guys have first names that start with R, and... All our names start with T. Roger. Roger. Oh, my I've had God. Roger, too. But um, Ricky came it in. Is Steve, it Ruth, is Turtles. Ruthless Radio comes in after me on Fridays. It is just numbers and shapes. Okay, Terrence Howard. <laughs> it is. It just occurred to me. <laughs> well, um, Ricky came into my show yesterday and was like, he was like, man, he's like, I don't know if you knew this, but the guy from the Monkees... He, Which he, one? <laughs> Peter Torr. <laughs> like the main guy, I guess. Oh, Davey. He, his, no, not Davey. Davey was the one that was Davey always, was the main guy. Davey was the main guy? Davey was, in my opinion. No, I think okay. you just think this because okay. in you the had, 90s. You had Mickey Dolans. Okay. Peter Tork. Okay. Davey Jones. And who was the fourth monkey? I don't know. One of them always went on Boy Meets World. That Wasn't that Davey? Didn't he have like? Oh no, that was the Partridge family. That's Donny Osmond. <laughs> when I'm Boy Meets World, I don't know. <laughs> um, apparently, one of them, their mother, got rich by inventing whiteout, and so he spent his I entire he spent his entire childhood like in the garage, sniffing sniffing whiteout. Out. <laughs> awesome. But what the way Ricky described it, he was like, "Yeah, man, he spent all of his childhood." In the garage, just whiting things out, <laughs> like to test run. I guess. So. I mean, if you make it, why does that mean you have to use it? He made it sound like the whiteout factory was them just whiting things out. Like you don't buy whiteout, you just send it to them. They white it out for you. Maybe the FBI and the CIA had sent hired the whiteout company them <laughs> to redact all of their documents and materials. Speaking of. What? Did y'all? Uh, yeah, watch? no. Uh, hold on, Nesmith. Who the fuck? What, what monkey is that? Michael Nesmith? Man, that's not a real monkey. I was look, That's what I was looking up here. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. When he was thirteen. I, yeah, that's right. Mike, Davey, Mickey, and uh, and uh, Peter. Dude, Ricky wasn't lying to me. When Nesmith was thirteen, his mother invented the typewriter correction fluid, later known as liquid paper. Over the next 25 years, she built the Liquid Paper Corporation into a multi-million dollar international company, which she sold to Gillette in 1979 for $48 million. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with y'all. I love, I love the fucking monkey. Real bootstrapper. I was listening. I heard, I heard Sturgill Simpson talk about this movie, Head. I've heard of it. The, the monkey's like kind of psychedelic fucking yeah. movie from the 60s. I want to check mm-hmm. that shit out. The monkey's psychedelic phase was kind of good. And honestly, the thing about the monkeys is that like, I feel like they were like a laboratory band. They were kind of like, like Kiss. They're like Kiss. Like yeah. a fake band that became a real band. Right, right, yeah. right. Like Slut Peel. <laughs> Which makes it surprising that their psychedelic phase was kind of good. Yeah. But maybe that's the thing. Like Psychedelic music was really at its best in the late 60s once... People like Sly Stone had picked it up, you know, and like yeah. uh, every good rock band has to go through a psychedelic phase. Even the Stones had that psychedelic album that wasn't too bad. It Which wasn't one? it wasn't terrible. 
Um, I don't know. I can't remember the name. I can pick Goat's Head Stew. No, that one's not <laughs> it. <laughs> That's their doom metal <laughs> stay phase. Um, no, this it was. I think it was soon after Brian Jones had died. I kind of think. Um, like the sort of uh, coding rap sort of mirrors the psychedelic rock thing a little bit. Like to me, like Future's DS2 album is kind of like the first psychedelic rap album. In the mid 2010s, kinda. it feels like we had a little bit of a psychedelic phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't based in any kind of empirical <laughs> evidence or anything, but. Just your own. We're all an expert in our own experience, mm-hmm. Terrence. Right. Man, I used to love the fucking monkeys. I would watch that like for hours on like uh, Nick at Night. Oh, dude, there oh, was a TV show. That's right. Dog, why? Well, very campy. Let's get in on this hey, racket hey, with the monkeys. Yeah, what's that? Let's get. I mean, like, like, let's start a band. We've that, talked about this before. Like a fake band, though. Like we can. Aren't we in a fake we'll band like already? Learn to play. We're on tour. Tom will be on the drums. I'll be on keyboard, and you'll be on bass. Now we all have to play an instrument we don't already play, so you can't play drums or keys. Okay, you then gotta, I want to like, play, play drums. guitar or something. I, I, I want to play drums. I can do that too, so I should probably play saxophone. <laughs> okay. T- turns out I play everything. It turns out Terrence is <laughs> regular <laughs> Prince have... Rogers Nelson over here. <laughs> We're gonna have to put Terrence on the triangle. Yeah. <laughs> you, my man, are gonna play the harmonica. I can't play a woodwind instrument, so there you go. <laughs> That's Put it. me on the That's clarinet, and I'll fucking. <laughs> no, you're getting a recorder, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting the plastic. We're the ones with the slide out. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting a flute. Did y'all ever watch this? Uh, it was it's called TV Party. It's like a public. A- it was a public access, uh, like kind of variety show from New York, like in the seventies. No. They're like Glenn O'Brien, who's one of my favorite writers he started it when he was like an intern with andy warhol and uh it was like just sort of that new york downtown scene but like they would do that when i when we were thinking about the show this is what i always wanted to do with the show like they would just have crazy shit like jean-michel basquiat had like a uh sort of an avant-garde band where he played the saxophone and they couldn't really actually play their instruments, that, oh. but they kept doing like shows and shit. We could totally do that. Like, I just want to do like fucking trippy shit with this show. <laughs> I just want us to do a lot of psychedelic drugs. We could cut up all. I'm into I could it. cut up the audio every five minutes and then just jumble it. Chop all and screw it. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so it's out of order. Yeah. Um. This is like uh, what's the Brian Eno, um, his method. Oh, oh, um, no, the Brian, the Eno thing was like when they were in the studio and they would run out of ideas. Well, what's the name for it? I can't remember the name. Oh, I'm I wanted to do it for this show. Like, I wanted to have a, a pile of cards, and then I have, like, if we ran out of ideas, we would pull from a card and have a prompt. Oblique oh, strategies. Oblique strategies. Right. So, like, for example, I'd have one on there, like, was World War II a just war? Oh my god. Answer that one. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> Oblique strategies, but for podcasts. Oblique strategies. Okay, pulled it to off the top. Was World War Two just war? Why or why not? Yeah. You're the historians. Joseph Stalin. What's up with that guy? <laughs> yeah. Rank every Castro, you know. Rank every Castro <laughs> from one to twenty six. <laughs> um, what's in this tea, Terrence? Peppermint. This is minty as hell. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, in winter time, we're drinking mint teas in this mm. house. Honestly, it's the best substitute I've got for coffee now. I'm still hanging on to lemon ginger myself. Yeah. Peppermint tea, I read somewhere... Get you jacked up. Yeah, peppermint is like, get your brain working. That's why they give us... That's one of the ways they uh, sell you peppermint essentials. May go ahead and tell you what peppermint don't mix with, and that's your bird hole. (laughs) (laughs) Our Tom, our foremost expert on foreskin and Uh, everything. No stranger. I like to take a bath. I like a bath. I do. I like to soak. Against doctor's orders. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Could be the origins of my prostatitis, as mentioned in last week's Patreon. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Don't think you can make you a bubble bath with Dr. Bronner's one, because it don't bubble like that in water. Mm-hmm. But two, <laughs> damn sure don't do it with peppermint, Dr. Bronner's. No. You won't piss for a fucking week. Did it get in your pee hole? Got my pee hole. Burned me all the fuck. Because <laughs> I would always hear from girls. Got my pee hole. I don't use peppermint bronners on my shit because it'll burn you No one should use peppermint bronners on any, honestly, on any part of their body, but certainly not the most sensitive. That part shit, of their though, body. if you keep it away from your urethra, though, it'll cool your balls right up. <laughs> Dude, it will. D- that's y'all the have, best shit. That's why I love showering at your place. You got the peppermint Dr. Bronner's. Mm, no, no, yeah. no. Pet my balls up with the peppermint. Man, that shit is good. Pep. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say they pepped up their balls. <laughs> It's not something you think balls can well, do. When you've got, when you're like me and Tom, and you're just your prostate is absolutely old, <laughs> <Yeah>. saggy, calcified, <laughs> calcified. You need to pep it up with something. Pep, it's all about small pleasures at this pep, point. Physically, peppermint. Not in peak peak shape. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh, me neither. As seen on our fucking CNN special. God damn. You really not? No, I hated it. I hated hearing myself. I hated seeing myself. It was awful. Really? I only watched it one time. I literally couldn't watch it again. I watched it about 30, 40 times. (laughs) I was like, this is what we're doing wrong. This is what we... (laughs) It's like watching tape. Why did you do that? No, I didn't watch it. I I watched it once with my parents. What'd they think? (laughs) They were just like... I mean, they were, they were, you know, they were very nice. They were like, you know, this is congratulations. This is this is great. I'm sure in their minds they were thinking like, what the? Fuck? How are we going to explain this at the <laughs> PTO? He's on a mountain. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> There's a wheelbarrow behind. Oh yeah, someone said what was with the wheelbarrow, and and I didn't have it in me to tell them. Actually, that was a statue of a naked woman. They used the wheelbarrow to put, cover it up. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, that was a naked woman statue. Oh, and they know. put that wheelbarrow See, over it. See, here's the thing about the wireless thing is I thought it would add some visual interest to kind of have some of that, like, but, sort of, like, you know, yard tchotchkes up there, but yeah, they didn't but they even didn't use even, it. Yet. No, yeah. they covered up the only tchotchke that was going to be in the shot with a fucking wheelbarrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's oh, all well. kinds of great stuff up there. I know. I mean, Sarah, I'm sure she'll listen, was texting me that night. I thought that was very sweet of her, the producer. She was texting me that night and asking me what I thought about it because she could really not give a fuck. <laughs> Why would she? And I was just like, man, y'all work, did a lot of work that you didn't need to, because most of our, most of it they didn't use. Yeah. We talked about Bernie for one minute. Yeah. They somehow stretched that into seven minutes, <laughs> and now I'm Kentucky's premier Bernie bro. <laughs> so Bernie just needs to put me on the fucking payroll at this point, motherfucker. You need to call me. Um, I mean, I, there ain't no, no turning back now. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely carry the uh, vote in Bell County if Tanya the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. Letcher County. Bell County, you've been ran out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, most people don't know me anymore. 
Well, the filming process was hilarious. It I was really telling, was. I, I was having a long conversation with Brett Radliff last night, and I was telling him about it. I was like, yeah, they moved us from this spot to this spot, and the sun started going down, and we were out there for like three hours. Oh, God, it took forever. It was pretty funny, though. It's weird, yeah. It's just not really... They put a lot of work... Because they sent two camera people here, a producer and Ellie. So they had four staff here, two cameras, three different days, for six or seven minutes worth of TV. Which they told us it wouldn't even be on TV. That was a bigger shock. Which I was happy about. Yeah. Yep. That it wasn't going to be on TV. Well, you know, they tucked it in there on a Friday evening. <laughs> yeah. <it> was, <laughs> we're not top billing. Let's call it what it is. I mean, the news on Friday ain't like TGIF. Well, and the Friday after Thanksgiving. Apparently, it's like one of the lowest ratings days. And oh, really? I thought it was a high one. So, we, no. We needed something to kind of hum a few bars with. Thank and we're God. the bar hummers. Well, it was. But it just seems like they spent so much money on that. I, and I, I was, was like, for why? It was, honestly, like some of the only positive bernie coverage i've seen on cnn i mean i don't really watch cnn so i don't have no idea what how they're covering bernie well, they're mostly just sort of ignoring them you know you've got jake tapper and chris Saliza and <laughs> like the, what's so damn funny about that though is they don't go the extra step to just like just erase him from the like the polling mm-hmm. you know what i mean they leave him at the top <laughs> well, they the leave poll. him in there but they talk about like he's not num- well, like firmly never- at least number two in the race and they just don't discuss him at all yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's getting it's re- getting really fucking ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought it was doomed from Jump Street when the very first as soon as it come on, it's like deep in in Trump country, and I was like, here we go, buckle up. <laughs> I thought it. I thought overall it was pretty good. The thing, though, my only thing was, uh, I hadn't seen myself like that in a while, and, and it, like Same. I'd forgotten that I have <laughs> I have Tourette's. And I had forgotten that I did, but like I was just like doing the whole like ticks the whole time. Oh, I like didn't even blinking notice. like seventeen times in a row and all that and stuff. I mean, I noticed your ticks sometimes, but I didn't on the camera probably because I was so self-absorbed with how terrible I was. I've grown out of it mostly. When I was a kid, I used to wear turtlenecks and repeat things under my breath. <laughs> I would just go turtlenecks. Yeah, it's like uh, Tommy two times from Goodfellas. Get the papers. Get the papers. Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, when I was a kid, that was my big tick. Dude, me and Brett were laughing so goddamn hard last night of. Tom's description of his mother fits in as many adjectives as you can. Yeah. She's a Bernie supporter. She's a Pentecostal Sundays teacher. <laughs> She's, like supports Medicare for all. It, I don't know. It was just funny the way you framed it. What Your mother was a, say? a lot of things in that sense. Well, what I'm saying is that like you wouldn't typically think of a Pentecostal Sunday school teacher as being their archetypal no, Bernie supporter. That was yeah. the point. But it was hilarious. Like the Tom reason Tom is a very descriptive person. Well, I, well, this is what I'm this is what I'm getting at. The reason it was funny is because CNN in these media things you say that you see, they try to cut out all of the sort of like soul and um, I. You know, personality of yeah. of the subject, and it was like it was Tom's like very unique way of describing things that was like shining through the cracks of this very rigid like here are these Bernie supporters and Trump crunch. You know what I mean? It had this very rigid framework, but like Tom's specific personality was kind of trying to like break out of it, Aww. and that's why it was funny to me. You know what God I mean? God love you <laughs> can't keep a good boy down. No. That's true. Yeah. I loved two different times, I think, they edited one of us to look like we were laughing real hard at the other when we certainly weren't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> Matt Jones said something, and I'm edited to be like, oh, yeah, man. 
when the whole Matt Jones interview, we were all three sitting on the couch like, oh my God, this absolute train wreck. I just like, it was like all these lights were in our face and like we were like more docile than we usually are. We were sitting shoulder to shoulder on the couch, just like uh, three blind mice over here. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it was, it was whatever, it was fun. Um, yeah. But wait, there's something I was going to say. Um, Bernie, so today uh, we have the breaking news that Kamala dropped out of the race. Yeah, this won't air today. I mean, the right. this happened, but yeah, it but, happened today. Yes, on this week's episode, the big news will be Kamala is gone. And I didn't read stage. anything, but Michella told me that she said it was because she ran out of money. <laughs> I just can't, she, she, you know she ain't going home broke. What's this? I just don't believe The it. Margaret Thatcher quote about... Um, socialism. socialism is you always run out of other people's money. That is true only for electoral campaigns. <laughs> but it's also <laughs> true. Only place. It's also just true of capitalism too. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah, your business goes under when you run out of investing. Like your investors, yeah, when you right. go bust. <laughs> yep, your Patreon goes up when your belly up. When your podcast, your Patreon, <laughs> when your Patreon whittles to zero, <laughs> your show's over. Your show's over. <laughs> Time to pack it up, friends. Um, so y'all are in the driver's seat here, really. So I don't know if I don't I don't know if that's why Kamala's thing collapsed. I, I mean, they had the thing in the New York Times last week about all the problems with her campaign, and all these people spoke out about how much of a nightmare it was, and and all this. Um, how much of a nightmare these motherfuckers really ain't going broke for staffers. No. Yeah. Yeah. If if there's anyone in the United States who who thinks that being a a staffer on an electoral campaign is a good job, you are a fucking maniac. Well, an absolute fool. Uh, that's also the other thing too is Kamala's campaign manager jump ship went to Bloomberg's campaign. Yes, that's probably oh. why she dropped out because she's just like, can am I going to get another campaign director this far in polling this badly? Wow. Right? Let's what just go a home. Fuck you. Pretty also, much. Who does that? I don't know. What kind of person jumped from Kamala Harris to Bloomberg? Let's get them on the show. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> want to be anywhere near that person, frankly. They got problems, <laughs> yeah. and they are they're piling up. Well, it's funny because if you go back, you rewind the tape um, to, what was the very first debate? Like, June? Yeah, late summer. There were 27 <laughs> Yeah, we were, on, we were on tour, I think, when they were in the first debate, right? Maybe July. Uh, is that when Tom coined debate, debate Night in America? I don't remember. He started that. It was this summer. I know that. And I do remember thinking after the first one, and I'm on record saying this, that I thought Kamala would be the nominee. I thought like she would make it very far. Oh, wow. And You'd know that uh, Mayor Pete's still being in before. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> well, look, the reason why, and this is what I'm learning slowly over the course of this election, um, is that... Kamala Harris is very much the type of candidate that the Democratic Party would have loved 20 years ago. Like, very articulate, uh, very intelligent, uh, you know, as obviously can, like, hold her own in a debate, um, would be able to hold her own against, like, Trump, and is a lawyer, right? Like, fucking people love lawyers. Obama was a lawyer. Clinton mm. was a lawyer. Like, all well, every lawyers serious... have a lot of control over themselves, and that's what you need to right. manipulate people. Well, she's presidential. Yourself. You know, like, she checks all the boxes yeah. for presidential. Yes, in the sort of, like, old... And this is the thing. They're the best liars. The thing, They're trained liars. Exactly. It, that's exactly right. They're very good at the theatrics and, and the kayfabe that you need to be in electoral politics. But this is the thing, like... 
and this is what I've struggled with, is that is politics still locked into that same cycle? Or has th- crudeness lapped that sort of disposition as like electable? Crudeness or like what Bernie presents. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like right. Trump's crudeness or like Bernie's just sort of like bare, like this is how it is kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the thing I go back and forth on. Because it's like half of me says that um most people don't even care, but then the other half of me is that like says that like I don't know. What I struggle with is like how rigged is the electoral process? That's what I've that's what I think that any person who looks at electoral politics would think like naturally. It's like right. how how rigged is this thing? Is it impenetrable or can like democratic movements and social movements penetrate it? And I I don't know. I think that like the thing about Kamala is that I think she's singularly so d- bad that she sort of tanked her own campaign. Um, but at the same time, like Bernie's continued sort of, I mean, the reason I say this, I think Bernie's going to be the nominee. Bernie's soaring. Bernie's up four, leads the pack by 4% in New Hampshire right now. Dude, and this. That's a big margin for something like this. And this is the thing. I'm like, New Hampshire first or Iowa? Iowa, Iowa. but New Hampshire's one of the first. Right. Right, right. And so, like, I don't know. It's like, how, how much of history is just contingency? How much of it is driven by actual social forces? Or how much of it is is like this? The result is a of- well timed Ariana Grande endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, totally. because here's the thing: is that like the Democrats could easily beat Bernie. It's just not that hard. All yeah. they have to do is unite behind a candidate, and they, they can't fucking, do it now. They can't do it now. They're all sort of riven by their. They're all torn apart by their own contradictions and egos and legacies like Obama saying this contradictory things about Biden and then saying well, well we, we were talking about this because you had mentioned that Chapo had said something about like how like the Democrats are muddying the waters to the point where like they're actually paving the way for Bernie yeah in another way I'm kind of anxious for Barack Obama to try to get gully with Bernie and try to like tank his shit because Barack Obama could also be playing with his legacy a little bit because I'm sure there's not an insignificant amount of people that supported Obama that are like in the Bernie camp. Right. Did he did he talk shit about Biden? Well, no, there's just this Politico report that came out that said that oh, Obama did, yeah. What did he say? Yeah, he said he said Biden wasn't appealing to voters. <laughs> but there was also the Politico <laughs> report that said that if like Trump or if um Bernie or Warren start surging, then Obama's going to do his like you know, he's going to step in and try to derail them a little bit. Yell, standing athwart history, yelling stop. Obama's trying to just be... This shows you how conservative these people truly are. Yeah. Obama's just adopting the William Buckley. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did chime in. What was it, an op-ed or something where he was just like, you know, we, you can't let leftists take over the party or some dog, yeah. just a bunch of bullshit. Right, right. I mean, when Cornell West called him a Rockefeller Republican, everybody just rebuffed at that. They were like, oh, my God, that's so distasteful. How could you say that? But he's absolutely a Rockefeller <laughs> right, Republican. Right. Well, um, how could you say that? This is the thing, though. Like, if they were still operating on the same... I, Bernie lost in 2016 because I think of the specific personality and cult of Hillary Clinton and yeah. the Clintons. And and this year there's no equivalent. 
Like this year, it is just a total fucking free for all. And and yeah, they did point this out on Chapo that like they're kind of doing to Bernie what the Republican primary did to Trump in the sense that like so many yeah. egos jump into the fray that like the lonely person standing at the end is the one who is the wild card. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It's right. like it's like who can just keep advancing like you know while they're all getting this like like cartoon scrum like you know with the you know the the woodpecker and yeah. Uh, well, Wally Coyote and you know yeah or Road Run, anyway yeah you know what I mean I think I get it <laughs> you know in the cartoons where all the characters getting the big you know I I know what you mean yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry you see a Bernie's a, the turtle yeah Bernie's like just running <laughs> he's his the tortoise. he's just running his own race I mean he's he's but then, which is a good go. thing you know what steady, right? here's the thing though in any other election year if you were leading in fundraising if you were like neck and neck on all those polls and if you had like this sort of coalition of like that's as, I don't want to say rabbit because that sounds pejorative, but just, you know, very zealous for you, you would be called the favorite. You know what I mean? But yeah. they can't do that. They just cannot wrap their head around a world where, like, anybody but Joe Biden's going to, like, win this thing. But Joe Biden will probably be out of this by Super Tuesday, I bet. I hope. Dude, I, I was talking. He'll, he'll win, like, South Carolina. I would kind of love to see the cross of how many times CNN has said Bernie and how many times they said Trump in the Republican primary four years ago. Well, they loved Trump. In the- they loved him. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and they haven't been covering him. It's I, Oh, man. It's just so, it's so weird to me. Like, in some way, it feels like something out of 100 years ago, yeah. like, when politics actually would mean something. Because here's the thing. If Bernie does w- win... We need to start thinking about an entirely new paradigm of politics yeah. and like how we talk about it and what the fuck is going to be happening. Yeah. Because the media is going to melt down. Because here is what I'm also realizing is that they're so out of touch. Like Part of the reason they've been ignoring them isn't necessarily so much because they're threatened by them, but because it is so laughable that it could even exist yeah that like there could even be a movement of people out there who like want a better life yeah <laughs> you, you know think, what i mean you it think is we so... were a joke you think we were a big sit-in joke we were like a punchline no no Let's talk about bernie <laughs> no but i think in the larger media ecosystem yeah. that is the tr- that is the case yeah which if that is true and bernie does win then we're going to be looking at an entirely new sort of media environment and like how people talk about politics because it really will be an election that like is straight out of like the early 1900s or something. You know what I mean? Like where people actually talk about real things rather than like this weird dance that we've been in for 50 or 60 years now. Yeah. Ever since John F. Kennedy and beat Richard Nixon because Richard Nixon was sweaty on camera. Yeah. Then it will be the first departure from that. Yeah, yeah, that really did usher in the first era. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's we're, we're moving back to issue oriented politics. <laughs> that, well, and also, I mean, that spells. I mean, I mean, you know, we have our own criticisms of electoralism, but that does spell something good for communities like this, where you used to be bound together by. Um, you know, discussing ideas together and you had local journalism and you had local politics and it wasn't really sort of this weird thing where you just take your cues from whatever's going on in the national scene and apply them. Like, you know, like I, I knew we were in a bad way when I was seeing that like the county judge of Knott County was trying to shut down the government. 
like the local county government. (laughs) And it's like, you know he didn't come up with that on his fucking own. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, Trump can do that. I I bet we could do that here, too. People... Just taking notes from the playbooks of just, I mean, dude, that is neoliberal they, governing. Yeah, though. they did the same thing in Letcher County. Yeah. Well, yeah. can't get it, can't get it balanced. We're a quick two meal short. Yeah. On our three million dollar budget. Yeah. And now what we're going to learn, uh, hopefully, what we would learn under a President Bernie Sanders thing is that there's plenty of money. <laughs> oh, and there has yeah. been the whole time. Oh, well, God. But here's the thing, like, if that's gonna be the case. Which I want it to be. There's a few things with this. The first is that the argument for electoralism is right in some ways. Like, in the sense that um, my entire skepticism with it this whole time is like, how much are the elections just theater and spectacle, and how much can they actually like penetrate into the lives of everyday people? Yeah. And 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 I think that this shows that it can, or that you can at least you can. But I don't know. But it might be too early. It's fucking December. He hasn't done anything yet. You know, and that's true, too. And the other thing I think it's going to lay bare or could, has the potential to lay bare is when people talk about, like, all these redistributive policies, they all start flipping out, like, well, this is going to unstabilize the markets, and this is just going to be chaos. You know how many working people that will actually affect? Not a fucking one, except because most people have their retirement vehicles like sort of passively tied up in whatever their company's investing in. Or they don't have them at all. Or they don't have them at all. So My I guess mom has who that, no, no, what they're saying when they say that is like, oh, rich people are going to be scrambling because they got their money yeah. in stocks and exactly. bonds and whatever yeah. else. But there's the thing, though, is that if this is really going to happen, like rich people are going to fight back. Like fucking hell. Yeah. And this is what scares me about it. Because, like, there's not, there really isn't a lot of us. <laughs> they, they, they might be right to be building their little robot dogs. <laughs> because guess what? People are going to come for Well, them. we got real dogs. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? I mean, also, another way, like, just cosmically speaking, these people deserve to feel extremely unsafe. <laughs> but yeah, here's the fucking lootly they do. Right. And here, so, okay, so here's the thing is that, like, what we've been saying this whole time is like, and this is another thing about the electoralism thing, is that like, you have a hesitancy about sort of like reifying the system or adding any kind of like justification to it if it is just this grist mill that doesn't produce any actual change. And so it's like, how much do I engage in it? How much do I not? But this does show, I think, that it can be used to act, at least sort of throw a blow at capital. Yeah. Because, like I said, um, they are going to freak the fuck out. Like, just the smallest, smallest bit of taxation or any kind of wealth expropriation is even in the most minute way. They're going to lose their absolute shit. What are they going to do? What can they do? Well, they can leave, you know, take even more money of their... <laughs> and they will. Money out of their They're country. They're going to move, country, yeah, right? move money to other banks. Right, right, right. It, and um, cause... Well, no, there's a term for it, capital strikes, where they sort of, they on their own sort of bring the system to a halt, which would halt the flow of resources because we do, in a capitalist system, it is kind of like being held hostage. The way resources are distributed are through markets, and if they can bring markets to a close, they can fucking starve us out. They can starve us out. (laughs) What we need to do is render currency ineffectual. Right. I mean, it almost is. It's all digital. 
Where's the no, fucking hackers? No, I mean hackers? like, I mean like, we just need to, we just need to. <laughs> Where are the motherfucking hackers wasting away playing Call of Duty right now? We got shit to do. Watching Mr. Robot. They're what? I love that show. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> Robot. One of the act- actresses on the show is yeah, a Ashley. Fan. Ashley. Yeah. yeah, Ashley. Oh, really? Uh, she's yeah. on the new season. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched the new season yeah, either. Shout out Ashley. Fuck yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, <clears throat> bring us back. But anyways, um, I don't. I don't. Not sure where I was going with that whole devalue the currency thing. I was just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Just pop it off. Just I just, popping one I off. just kind of talking out my ass. Out. I have no idea about... Dude, I don't know fucking shit about currency. I know about, like, <laughs> chairs and clothes and... Dude, I say, like, look... Pentecostal. The, the thing... If you look back at the beginning of this year, we are now in the, the last month of this year. If you look back... Oh, my God. The first episode me and Tom did this year was with Max Elbaum about this book he wrote, wrote a, called Revolution in the Air. And the whole premise that the whole conclusion we drew at the end of that episode it's like look if we are entering into the electoral bernie thing we have to dig out a sort of revolutionary um niche in it and so i'm going to continue doing that and i'm going to tell you that when the capitalists fight back which they will we just have to keep going further and further left and you cannot flinch yeah if you flinch they win exactly like this is the thing like we we can't start. That just, that just sounded like the right thing to say there. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know if they actually do win. But, but, you, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, once you are actually locked into this this confrontation with capital, yeah. um, we can't then start doing the electoral thing of tempering the message and being like, okay, well, we'll let off. I'm trying bit. to make it palatable now. We we have to re- use the resources of the government to create some sort of alternative system. We have to we have to use this time to take over local governments. Well, we you know how the reactionary you know how the reactionaries created ICE, yeah, for the purposes of of well, doing the shit they're doing. We need to create our own agency, <laughs> but that agency is going to just go do bad stuff to rich people. Yeah, for sure. And we, I mean, locally, there's a lot of shit we need, of course, but we're going to need participatory governance. We're well, going to need like systems for people to be able to govern themselves, like for us to actually govern ourselves instead of these outrageous city councils of you know four white dudes yeah. making decisions about shit they don't know nothing about hey, hey. including i was a white city councilman <laughs> god damn you yeah but here's the thing what you're saying is that we need hugo we need a hugo chavez we need something at here, here. the very least as far left as hugo chavez and what i'm starting to want worry about what i've worried about all fucking year is that the CIA really does not like people like Hugo Chavez is around the world. And they're probably not So gonna... much so they gave him cancer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or they'll hit him with the heart attack gun or they'll do what Evo with what they did with Evo and kick him out. But they the the forces of capital and the military industrial complex will probably be trying to take Bernie down. So it's like so my You think the military will turn on the Commander in chief? It could happen. We don't fucking know. If they're that toppling a government, co- Wait, well, there's a there's a word for that. Say it. A, a coup. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing. I don't. This is my thing about Bernie, and this I now feel backed into this corner because the CNN thing. My challenge. <laughs> you're just now you just got to lean into it. Right. My challenge to Bernie is that if you're serious about this, you. I mean, like, I I I need to know how serious you are about this. And I need to be put on payroll. <laughs> goddammit it. <laughs> Because I like, need to be compensated. Because we, 
need, at the very least, someone who is no farther to the right than Hugo Chavez, but that will incur the wrath of some very dark forces. So it's like, how much are you willing to go to bat for this? How much are we all willing to go to bat for this? It's like that Adam Curtis thing. Like how much? <laughs> well, you say this, and when Bernie gets inaugurated, then he just puts a beret on and just like a fatigue jacket with all these like arbitrary like medals oh and stuff. God. But you have to think seriously about this. Like, I mean, like, and I, I, I don't want it to be alarmist, and I don't want it to be whatever, because like I said, what you don't want to be an alarmist? I <laughs> Come on. But you see what I'm saying, right? It, this could easily venture into that territory. The thing is, is if you're concerned about the future of the socialist left in this country, you have to be engaged in some way with Bernie. And so it's like you have to be asking what you're willing to put up with and fight for. And if the person that you've invested your trust in will do the same thing. Well, I'm willing to invest in a local coup. <laughs> that's my. That's what I want. I'm down. I I'm am here down for it. I am here. I have been trying to start participatory budgeting in Letcher County. Well, we'll say I've wanted it for years. Uh, it's out to be said how much I've actually tried to do it. But what you're saying is you he needs to harness local power in a way that yeah. can sort of provide some sort of bulwark against what we know will be. An incoming ride. Unless it's all bullshit. Unless he doesn't mean any of it. And this is just like any politician's promise. Like, they're just words on a piece of paper. And he's really not going to do any of the things he says he is. In which case, then we're all fucked anyway. (laughs) In which case, god damn. Then we definitely have to start our agency. And we got to take out... No, we we can't do that without Bernie. That's contingent on Bernie. No, I'm (laughs) telling... Well, it's it's, won't won't be government funded, but... Yeah, you're talking about a militia. (laughs) Uh, me and Tom go into CEO's offices with cigars in our mouths. And, you know, we have old crew cuts when we rough people up and we have to smooth their hair back over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Jimmy Hoffa smoke haircut. in their face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, we got to come for these foundations, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the foundations, a- I think that is uh, some low-hanging fruit. Yes. Expropriate that shit immediately. Absolutely. That should be number one. Liquidated. <laughs> Liquidate the entire fucking nonprofit sector. Absolutely. And just liquidated. take all that goddamn capital. <laughs> all of it. It's gone. Because you're going to need as many resources as you can get if yeah. you're going to fucking go to bat against capitalists uh, because yeah. they have accrued more fucking money than has they ever own the means been. of production i mean they they when you've got a guy worth 130 billion dollars isn't that how much bill gates is worth i mean there's a website just trying to spend bill gates money i know <laughs> yeah they're not gonna roll over that easily though exactly no. i want to tell you something though i'll tell you this it's like if we even go back to sort of an fdr like new deal era style program they're still going to make a lot of noise about that you know what i mean absolutely so it's because like things have gotten so bad you know when you're just like in your house and you're really depressed and the shit piles up and you don't even really notice it until six months later and you're just looking around and you have like a moment of clarity like Dude, shit has gotten so bad, like just rotten. There's fucking food laying around everywhere. <laughs> it smells like shit. <clears throat> That's the system right now. <laughs> it's just gotten so bad. When I found that woman in Squalor, yeah. that's a good yes. analog that's where we're for at. Exactly. At. So when you push back even a little bit, I mean, this is, I don't know. This is the thing I struggle with. It's, it's like, how serious is it? Winter's bone serious. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. Jennifer Lawrence and Winter's Bone. <laughs> Serious. I just watched it. It was <laughs> disturbing. 
like a Come on, Trubos, Jennifer Lawrence, you're a Kentucky. God, please. Jen Law, we need you. Yeah. She's like, I would have came on. That guy was talking about, like, you go job. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I don't know. Although, honestly, after this CNN thing, one of the things I've been thinking about is I've been going back through our catalogs in my head. I'm thinking about what will be the most alarming for new listeners. And certainly one of them is uh, Terrence being skull fucked by Pete, by Mayor Pete. <laughs> oh, that was tight. That was a rough time. Um, have y'all have y'all not went there? Y'all haven't been thinking about that. <clears throat> this is yeah. a hard to train to hop on at this at this stage. You're right. 130 I'm, episodes this in. This is not. This is not Go a back great to like, time to become a Trillbillies fan. If you could just start <laughs> in the first seasons, I'd appreciate that. I don't Go back know, to like though. episode no, 25. We've always been kind of edgy. I mean, Ray's Law is not exactly an easy one to swallow. That's true. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll, hey, write it back in. If I if I could just put a bow on this, and then we'll switch. Okay. What I want to say is that uh, you have to, what you're saying, you have to institutionalize local power in, yeah. in a way that is confederated and tied to the resources of the federal government. Um, and what that will require will be a entirely it's kind of like what they did in reconstruction you know where they had uh agencies that were specifically created for reforming political uh processes at the most microscopic political level and um that's what you would have to do so look i'm on board with the bernie thing if that's what they want to do but if if it's just this sort of like mealy-mouthed We'll just be in, you know, rhetorically antagonistic to the capitalist, and well, then we're fucked, obviously. But we might be fucked either way. Might be fucked either way. We might be fucked either way. I mean, I got an invitation to a dinner this week, and the question on the table is, "What would you like to see in ten years?" <laughs> and it's fucking <laughs> laughable. It's fucking laughable. The audacity, the nerve. Well, I'd like to, to serve see me fried years. chicken and ask me this question. I'd just like to see my cholesterol numbers go down. <laughs> That's really all I want. Well, I'm sorry to take you uh, both down that route. It looks like uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think uh, <laughs> you have you have this look on your face is like. What other choice do we have, Terrence? We've <laughs> we've been outed to the country as Bernie Bros. We're gonna have to. Uh, uh, retcon it. Yeah. <laughs> retcon the path seat past two seats. Yeah, seasons. might as well lean in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look, earlier when we were talking about how the media is like, they're not just ignoring him because they're afraid of his ideas. They're also just ignoring him because he doesn't even factor into their whatever. You remember a few, I think it was maybe two months ago. I, I actually pulled this up. It was episode 113. Someone's going to hell and someone's going to jail. We read from New York Times mm -hmm. the conversation section between Gail Collins and Brett Stevens. We had Tom over here playing the role of Brett Stevens and Tanya over here playing the role of Gail Collins. I did watch a video of her briefly, but I forgot <laughs> to see. I, I can't pick up any. She's so boring, so truly boring. There's nothing to be done, but I, I forgot want to read the I want to bring, I want to revive this for Act Two. Okay. 
So pull up, pull up the articles on your phones. The reading. Okay. The reading on your phones. And while you're doing that, <clears throat> as the director, I get to choose the uh, the setting for this. So this is, let's talk about Bloomberg while we still can. The conversation, Gail Collins and Brett Stevens in the New York Times. Now, I'm pulling from a few weeks ago because the most recent one was about impeachment, and I don't want to talk about impeachment. I want to talk about Bloomberg. Okay. As Brett Stevens and Gail Collins are talking about Bloomberg. <clears throat> so, um, so as I said, we're the direct. I'm the director, and you're the actors. So, um, since we're talking about Bloomberg here, I thought maybe we could go to um, like the side of the action. Um, so we're going to set this one on an oil rig, uh, an oil and gas, natural gas, hydraulic fracturing rig. Um, there is people all around us working hard to extract natural gas from the earth to kill coal while also paying Tom's paycheck. Um, and, uh, and so that, keep that in mind. That's the set. The last one was in a torture dungeon. Remember that? The last one was set inside yeah, of a, a torture dungeon. This one is set on an oil rig. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, I have been in keep a torture in, dungeon. I've never been on the oil rig. Well, all you got to do to be in the mindset is keep in mind that we are killing coal by the minute. So okay. that's our whole that's our whole goal. Well, here. you know I organized with KFTC for five years, so <laughs> I know how to do that. You know all about it. You've done it before. Coal club. That's right. She's a killer. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> god damn it. Go for it, Brett. No, you're all first. Right, all right, wait, wait, wait. Hold oh, on, hold shit. on. Okay, so we're on an oil rig. All I right. need an actual action. I need you to slap. But, but you know, we've also um, we're also sitting in our smoking robes and we're having a, a, a highbrow conversation. So imagine some light jazz in the background and <laughs> while men are drilling for oil. big, burly, chested hot dudes. It's kind of like that scene from uh, the Rand Corporation in South Asia where like they're playing tennis and like having tea on the veranda <laughs> while bombs are going off in the background. <laughs> it, it is exactly like that. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Alright. So, are you ready? Yeah. Lights, camera, and action. Congratulations, Brett. Michael Bloomberg just stepped his toe into the presidential race. I'm sure he was inspired by our last conversation in which you pleaded for a Bloomberg prick candidacy. I loved your argument that he had nothing to lose except 2% of his net worth. Think it's really going to happen? Who knew I had so much influence? Now, I think my public pleading may have affected Bloomberg's decision, oh, by about 0.000001%. But the poll that we published last week, the one showing Trump competitive with her, beating Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders in six battleground states, surely had a lot to do with this move. (laughs) See, that's a can-do spirit. I saw that poll and just got depressed. Some people go into a funk. Others register for an Alabama primary. Good one, Gail. Good. Great delivery. What a zinger. As for my political forecasts, I've learned over the years that they aren't worth much more than a bag of dirt. Dude, this hey, is, I love that. He's no true words <laughs> ever spoken. But he, the funny more thing is, he's saying this because he thinks his political forecasts are actually worthy. worth a bag of dirt. Like, he is yeah. humble bragging here. Think, yeah. um, just think for a second. Brett Stevens humble bragging. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. Pathetic. So I have no idea whether it'll work for him or not, assuming he really does run. At least when it comes to getting the nomination. 
today's Democratic Party is much more ideologically left-wing than it was in the 90s. <laughs> Not going to divert us with a comment on today's Republican Party. Go on. Oh, damn, Gil. The tea. What a sick burn. What I do think is that the Democratic field has been considerably enriched, pun intended. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. By Bloomberg's <laughs> apparent entry. His money could also help flip the Senate for the Democrats, win some governorships, and expand the majority in the House. And I think he could trounce Trump in the general. Oh. <laughs> Who the fuck? Trounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who the fuck thinks Bloomberg could there, beat Trump? There is no planet where Michael Bloomberg beats Trump in general election. <laughs> No planet. I'm sorry. Uh, continue. I'm sorry. <clears throat> What's your view? Do you share my enthusiasm for the former mayor of our fair city? Recently read a new Bloomberg biography by our former colleague Eleanor Randolph, and it reminded me how good he was at his job. However, no mayor of New York City has ever been elected president. Let me just pause and say that tells you a lot about the liberal mindset. That stop, <laughs> yeah. that stop and frisk, and let's limit the size of Coke's mayor was like a good job. Yeah, yeah that's a job well done. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, here we go. About time. It's one of the toughest jobs in American politics. <laughs> Couple of reservations. Such a nerd. One is that Bloomberg does not have a whole lot of support in African American communities. Undoubtedly in part because, remember, his police department's enthusiasm for stop and frisk. Also, Donald Trump won the last election thanks to a, a, a perception by many average Americans that coastal elites look down on them. And Bloomberg is not a guy who suffers fools gladly. Still worth remembering that Bloomberg won nearly half of the African-American vote in 2005 when he ran for re-election as the Republican against a Hispanic opponent. That is such a diseased fucking observation <laughs> for so many reasons. I know. Chess, one, they're just moving chess pieces around. One, there's nothing you can infer in a 2005 mayoral race that has anything to do with politics today. That's one. <laughs> Two, it's just racist as fuck. And, and think about how far Brett dug for this stat. Seriously. <laughs> literally, he has literally, he's a maniac. I love him saying it's the toughest job in American politics because he's the exact kind of nerd who like ranks jobs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> by like hardest like, job podcaster. <laughs> like what we did in like Patreon. Did. <laughs> yeah. yeah but look, he's a hack. We're a hack. Yeah. We're all hacks. Your hacks recognize <laughs> hacks. Yeah. Uh, Gail. I don't have reservations about whether Bloomberg could be a good president, but I'm still not convinced he could get there. Spin me the story of how he wins the nomination. And Trump's the Trump. Fucking God. God, buckle up for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Beating Beating Trump would be the easy part. Assuming he can secure the nomination, Democrats will vote for him because he isn't Trump and because he shares their core values when it comes to reproductive rights, gun control, and climate change. Independents will vote for him because he isn't Trump and because they know he will be a good steward of the economy and a capable champion of American interests and values. That leaves Trump with nobody except his hardcore base, which is about 40% of the electorate. (laughs) Wait, please say the next line. I know you don't want to. I also see Bloomberg easily win in Florida. Our first Jewish president. I'm cavilling already. He'd be the first whole bunch of things. (laughs) Time 
for a change. <laughs> oh my god. The toughy. The toughy. Yeah, any man that says the toughy deserves. Well, anyway. The toughy is getting the nomination. He's an East Coast master of the universe when Democrats have become the party that want to cancel billionaires. Whatever that whatever <laughs> hey, whatever what, that means. Whatever that I means. I got a couple things to tell you, Brett. <laughs> cancel billionaires in quotes. I have a few ideas. He's jumping in the race very late and will tick off some voters for seeming like an opportunistic Johnny come lately. He'll have a hard time winning in Iowa, where other candidates have been stumping for months. But he should definitely try to compete in New Hampshire. <laughs> He needs a strong showing in at least one state to prove he's for real and can actually win votes rather than merely buy them. Hold on. I just want to point out here that Brett's argument is literally Bloomberg would have a hard time getting out of the primary, but would just cinch it, like have it in the bag. Yeah, like if we could just like (laughs) if we could just fast forward and put him as the nominee. Like what most of the left's idea of Bernie is hard time in the primary easy time in the general it's literally the same for brett but for bloomberg <laughs> that is that is let me tell you something that is the worst read of things in the history of american politics <laughs> that's that's a tall order it's incredible <laughs> looks like it's plan is to skip iowa and new hampshire altogether which worked so well for that other new york mayor rudy giuliani Still remember covering the Giuliani presidential campaign in Florida, watching him try to casually lock, walk along the beach in a suit. But I would never insult Bloomberg by comparing him to Rudy. Get ready for it. Comparing Bloomberg to Giuliani is like comparing... Oh, my God. It's like comparing Carlos Santana to Axl Rose. One of them definitely did not get better with age. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus, it's why so... he wasn't discarded as a child, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Bloomberg's appeal to Democrats must be along the lines that he's a uniter in an age of division, that he that he made his fortune honestly, ran his business ethically, and has been given millions back, and he's ready to be president on day one. That that is a uh, let me just stick a pin in this. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to come back to it. Let me finish this part. Okay. <laughs> that he will restore sanity and sobriety to our politics, and above all, sanity. that he is the only moderate in the race with a sure shot at the election. People love Pete Buttigieg, but he's just too young. People should love Michael Bennett. <laughs> I have no idea. But he failed to catch fire. <laughs> I, I don't know who that is. I don't know if that's... I don't know. I can't tell you the difference between him and Hickenlooper and I Steyer. And, I have no idea. And people don't love Cory Booker because he seems way too contrived. I know primary voters like to go with their hearts, but 2020 is a year Democrats really need to vote with their heads. The stakes are just too damn high. But I'm dreaming, right? Making the wish of the parent of the thought. Making the wish the parent of the thought, as someone once said. Uh, here's what I just want to scoop back up to real quick. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I got to say something. <laughs> the two, the two t- dumbest fucking things. That I mean, when people say these things, it just it just flies all over me because it's just two incredibly stupid fucking things to say. One is, like, it just cliches when talking about presidents. It's one, when they talk about somebody's temperament, and two, when they talk about being ready to be president on day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just two things that mean Friend nothing. Nothing. It's just pundit speak. Yeah, it's just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I've got to see Bloomberg out. They're pretending to admire the butter sculptures at some state fair before I'm totally convinced this will work. Well, that's an important point, Gail. 
Retail politics still counts for a lot. It's a real skill making each and every voter feel that she or he is the most interesting person the candidate has ever met, as opposed to the other way around. Bill Clinton had the gift, and so does Joe Biden. Oh, my God. <laughs> Popcorn. I'm not sure Bloomberg does. And as you say, Bloomberg will have, have to find a way to mend fences with African-American voters. In the meantime, how about the rest of the field? Wait, wait. I don't know how the fuck you would mend that fence. People's you lives. There's people in jail because of stopping frisk. There is right no mean, way to mend that. You, that's not like a oopsie do. <laughs> no, it's like the hyper localized New York version of the crime bill. Michael Bloomberg. How, Michael Bloomberg how. destroyed a lot of lives. Yeah, a lot of lives. Families on, on a massive scale. On a massive scale. <laughs> Yeah, let's not act like that's just something you can just give a speech and be... He and better be able to like everybody's butter sculptures at the state fair. <laughs> he better show up to some kids' art shows. I mean, it's just hilarious. Like, he does have a point. Joe Biden is kind of like a retail politician in the sense that, like, he's the guy... Everybody said this about George Bush and Bill Clinton, like, oh, I'd have a beer with them or whatever. Bloomberg is not like that at all. He is a, a, a seclusive weirdo rich guy who... <laughs> helped kill Cole. He doesn't even have that <laughs> going for him. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Sorry. Gail, continue. I know you hate the Elizabeth Warren candidacy because of her positions on issues <laughs> like health care. But I truly believe she's suffering from being a woman and not a likable woman, whatever that means. We're still a long way from getting sex bias out of politics. I want to interject one thing and say, I, actually, I don't think that's Liz Warren's problem at all. I think she's actually plenty likable. I think that it's just when she does these, like, I'm going to just do the Bernie thing, but 80% of the way so I don't alienate <laughs> yeah. the true believers in neoliberal politics. And she's increasingly becoming this, like, gotcha, where she's like, huh. You know, where she's, like, trying to, like, be a jokester or some shit. She's trending she's, down, if you've noticed. Being, she's trying to get mean. Like yeah. she's getting a little meaner all the time. Yeah, well, like her thing with Amy Goodman and stuff. Ever since then. Like that, Ever since the, the, then, yeah. Honestly, the first one I noticed was Amy, and she's been doing it more and more. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Brett's response to that is... Well, you're surely right. As for me, I'd happily vote for Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Even though, she has a repu- even though she has a reputation as a horrible boss... Dude, these people but- are robots. They're just saying... Anyways, continue. <laughs> because I like her political moderation, I find her obviously intelligent and slightly nervous stage presence, both reassuring and refreshing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I feel so awkward watching her. Yeah. Do you feel awkward? Yeah, she is so stiff. <laughs> I'm vicariously question. awkward for her. Sorry. No, go ahead, Tom. It's an interesting question and a hard one for me to answer when judgments about female politicians cross the line and from fair criticisms of someone's positions or an honest dislike of someone's personality to thinly veiled sexism. How do you tell the difference, Gail? (laughs) There's a disproportionate amount of unlikable going on with the Warren critics. I've told you that the times I've that the times I've run into her, I've found her always improving. More confident, more comfortable with her campaign, funnier, smarter, and selling her agenda. I'm sure she's totally fine as a person. (laughs) It's her radical policies and her unelectability that worry me. So these two won't even mention Bernie. Yeah, like that was the theme of the... The theme of the last one was that like... Oh no, here's the next one. 
Oh, yeah. But, Brett, are you finding this campaign both totally obsessing and also completely too much? It's kind of exhausting to be thinking about Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden every single day. Anything else that you'd like to talk about? Seen any good movies? <laughs> I don't get to the theater very often. <laughs> but I fly a lot and just saw Lost in Translation again. <laughs> These people, really these well. is the most. I, these are the two most boring people on the face of the earth, and they're getting paid. Doug, I considered cutting this part because it's just so boring. But I just like, I need. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is yes. this is a good bow put around it. This let's keep going. Yeah, keep going. But what does he say about Lost in Translation? <laughs> I, it holds up it, well. It holds up, which holds up really well. <laughs> so does the documentary Apollo Eleven, which blew me away when I first saw it earlier this year. It's a nice reminder of a time when cutting-edge tech meant firing giant rockets into space, not depositing mental clutter into cyberspace. <laughs> this is what like is he talking chewing about? glass. It is so fucking boring. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, truly, I've had several conversations over the last few weeks about email. Do you delete everything, or do you just let it pile up? <laughs> I'm a big deleter myself. Can't stand to have more than one screen. And a computer consultant who came to help me the other day said, I've deleted 170,000 messages, which sounds troubling. These What? They printed this in the New York Times. Tanya, hold on. Uh-oh. Please. Full circle. Get in the mind. I have to say you this You have part. to say this one. This, your entire career is running on this line. As the monkeys once sang, I'm a deleter. <laughs> Keep going, Brett. We're stuffing the digital universe with terabytes of trivia. Posterity will not be enriched by keeping it. Well, prosperity. Prosterity is the least of my worries, but sort of concerned that I'm spending a substantial amount of my time just tidying up my email account. Time that could be devoted to reading or healthy exercise or um, online solitaire. I want to tell y'all something. I want so desperately for you to drown me in Terrence's bathtub right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is. Um, bow to the audience. Bow to the audience. Uh, every audience, can we get a round of applause for these two? <sighs> Kill us both, please. There's, there's more. <laughs> there is more, but it's but it's I just it's can't. pablum, man. The the those the, people are making. Buku money <laughs> to um, to say when the time look, bro. He said like the monkey sang, "I'm a deleter." <laughs> look, when the time comes, there will be a there will be a time. There will be a decisive moment where the forces of you know labor, the people, the proletariat, finally square off in the final battle with capital. And led, of course, by the monkeys. <laughs> led, of the, course, the, by the surviving members of the monkeys. And Michael Nesmith, just channel this when, in, if you need the bloodlust in your mind. I think Davy's passed, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Just channel this, and it'll, it'll, it'll allow you to take that necessary final step. Yeah, it'll get you there. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <sighs> well, you did great. Thank you. Oh, I think you did. God. I think you both a good did director. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to go back to an oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> That's her. 
big, burly, Dramatic. handsome dudes, <laughs> shirtless, all of them hot oh. and fucking each other while they're drilling oil. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'd watch that from afar. <laughs> Just fucking each other in the ass while they're drilling oil. Oh, Lord. Out of the earth. <laughs> out, of, out of the earth. That'd be tight. Into the earth. Just picture it in your mind. <clears throat> um... Well, I had hoped to give a penny update today because I have a big one, but I guess I'll just hold off. Just hold <laughs> on to it. Well, we got a Patreon. <laughs> we do have a pa- You're going to have to turn into Patreon for a very big penny update. <laughs> or an all-out war. I'm I'm neutral in, in the middle. Switzerland of the, uh, pi- of the pony so you're war. You're Switzerland in the, in the Pine Creek penny war. Yeah. But my neighbor has started snitching. He's called the police on Penny because she's shitting in his yard. <laughs> and he heard me tell Penny's owners who live behind me, he lives in front of me, he heard me tell them off my back porch that he's a dickhead snitch. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Sounds like you're not so neutral. Yeah, maybe I'm not neutral. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty aggressive. <laughs> but I mean, they're at war and I'm obviously You're against, the instigator. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm against the snitcher. The pony was shitting on your yard, too, but you chose not to be mad about it. My yard's full of pony shit, and I love it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I love her. I found out her real name's Brownie. Oh, man. Stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Penny's way better. We're going to keep We're gonna keep Penny. Yeah, I like that better. But she, like, yelled down the holler to her dad, See, they like her! <laughs> talking about me because I was like we love Penny we leave our because I could keep her out of my yard I have a fenced in yard you said they're calling the her Penny and then he's like who's Penny yeah and I'm like <laughs> she thinks you're talking Penny. about your niece or something yeah and she's just looking it's at like your me. niece that goes and shits in the yard no I asked her I told her we called her Penny I was like we bought her a brush because a listener sent me a huge pony package of brush <laughs> that sounds awesome it was awesome this weekend my friend came over who's a horse girl and showed us how to brush her correctly did you get that mean shampoo no, we haven't bathed her. That's good shampoo. But we brushed her really good. We found when we were brushing her, we found that they've dyed her hair pink. Some of her mane is pink. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Did y'all ever hear that mane and tail grows your hair out? Yeah. Like I, I doesn't it thickens it up? I mean, that's what that's the rumor supposedly. I used it in high school. I used it all through high school, and middle school to <laughs> when I was growing my hair out when I had like shoulder length hair. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't think it like grew it any. So faster. were you like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you know, <laughs> ha- long hair, or were nah, you like just kind of really grungy? Were you goth? With what, long what hair. What kind of long hair were you punk? <laughs> was it like Kurt Cobain style? What were you going Would for? Would someone please Photoshop more of a I'd Kurt say, Cobain's hair on a Tom's? I'd head? say probably more of a Skeet Ulrich look. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. Skeet Ulrich can scream. He's kind of a poor. Uh, that's kind of a poor man's Johnny Depp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good description of him. Yeah. Not that's not what I was going for. That was like sort of the end result. What turned out? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. kind of did like the middle part. And, you know, oh, ooh, that rough. Was. Did you it's hard to pull off? Briefly. Did your mom make you have a mullet when you were a kid? Yeah, I definitely had a mullet. I had a bow cut. Oh, it, yeah, definitely. I got a good picture of my mom. I had a rat's tail down oh, my ass. I was going to say rat tail. Oh, I love a good rat tail. But rat tail is the funniest goddamn thing to put on a child. Oh, God. My first crush had a rat tail. <laughs> oh, my God. I stared at that thing so much. <laughs> it would be kind of tight, I think. I mean, imagine if you had sh- hair like my length, but I just ha- like had a braid that I could just twirl. twirl. I wish you would, actually. <laughs> Did you have a long rat tail? 
that you could twirl, that you could pull around? Was it that long? Oh, no, I never had a red no. tail. Here's, I'm going to grow ponytails when I'm going to die. Just like a little, like, pony, like, you know. I think that they should sell rat tail uh, accessories, like a weave type thing, but, like, something you can clip into your hair and then wear it around. Yeah, it's, it's nice kind of twirl and have a braid. Yeah. Anyway. When I was in college, I thought a good idea would be, like, rat tail bookmarks. Like you, you had a rat tail bookmark. <laughs> I remember when we lived together, you had a rat tail bookmark, and you bookmark. thought it was hilarious just to put it on and then like put your book on it. And I was just like, <laughs> "Why is he doing this?" Whatever, yeah, and I just laughed. Like, That's good. Man. This feels good. Yeah, <laughs> right, <dude>. Cool. <clears throat> All right, check us out on Patreon. Uh, Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com. So that's true, Billy, Workers Party. You guys had good Thanksgiving and everything. I forgot. We, we didn't even check mm. in on any of that. Well, I told you. I, I got mom probs. Well, I, I just want to... I'll end with a little anecdote from my the end of my Thanksgiving week. Um, I w- flew back into Lexington late at night, like su- Saturday, like 1 in the morning. I got an Uber ride from this guy, and he was like... Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I got like I got relatives, like out in the southwest like i got relatives out in arizona like yeah i married my relative and i from arizona and i was like oh that's cool i thought maybe i misheard him or something like that <laughs> yeah that's cool man that's like, cool whatever and then i just kept going on but um but then later on he brought it up again like his cousin is his wife amazing <laughs> <laughs> he admits it in uber cars it, in a casual conversation and i didn't want to be judgmental he's trying well let me tell you what he's trying to do. he's trying to break the stigma down I, that's what I, I think that's what he was trying to do <laughs> and that just doesn't want to be in the shadows anymore and i right. can i can kind of sympathize i think the stigma around incest is being broken down i think we're oh in an incestual God, time about time honestly <laughs> we've clicked about uh a buck twenty over here. That means well, let's call it what it is, though. If you're from the Appalachian Mountains, chances are you're the product of two cousins. <laughs> That's just true. Exploring. That's just true. But my counter to that is what it's, it's always been: is that it's absolutely true. There's no evidence that there's. I more guarantee incest. you, you have. I guarantee you have two cousins. No, I'm not arguing that, but I'm telling you, there's no evidence that there's more incest in Appalachia than the rest of the country. What about that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Hey, I don't know, man. I fucking well, no. I'm trying to me. break the stigma. What you're trying to do is you're trying to make <laughs> put up false flags. I'm trying to break the stigma down. No, you're just I'm contributing to the it's problem. It's much everywhere. Oh, of course it is, because this is an incestuous country. Everybody's <laughs> Pr- Pr- Prince wrote a song about fucking his sister. I mean, it's just what we do. But what I'm trying to say oh is this: God. is that in the '90s, two of the biggest sex symbols going were Prince William and Prince Henry, and they're the products of a lot of incest, <laughs> like a lot. generations. <laughs> and if those guys are dreamy, then you know maybe it's what you what people want. Lay off my lay, lay off my forebears. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you ever have like guy friends who were incredibly protective of their sisters that were about the same age? Yeah. I was I always my always theory like theorized that they just had crushes on their sisters but they didn't want to. Mm, yeah. It's I got forbidden a, fruit. Yeah. I, mean, I got yeah. a buddy, I won't mention his name or the girl in question, but he made out with his sister unbeknownst to him one time. <laughs> oh, because he didn't know it was a sister? <laughs> he didn't know. His dad, his dad was kind of this like, you oh, know, honky tonk kind of troubadour guy that was just like he used to be George Strait's drummer and had been over and just had like had troubadour. 
had like side families with like so many women in Pike County. <laughs> and then he was like, man, I had such a crush on this girl. And then we made out in the hot tub on like our senior trip. And then my dad told me after I came home and told him, he's like, I got to tell you something. Well, dude, at least he didn't oh, get to third base or something. That, 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 that would, would be bad. Been worse. That would have fucked. That would fuck somebody up. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's like a... Anyways, this is fun to end the episode with incest talk. Is it? There's like an Aaron Dottie Roy. You know who that author yeah, is? Yeah, 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 yeah. She wrote the, I think, God of Small Things. Yeah. That I think that book is the one I'm thinking of ends with a wild card incest uh, detour. <laughs> so consider this episode our God of Small Things. Yeah. <laughs> a wild incest detour at the end. Yeah. Every episode needs one. Need anyway. Race to end the stigma. We're going to do a, a 5K to break down the incest stigma. <laughs> Hit us up on Giving Tuesday. Oh, shit. It is Support Giving Tuesday. Go to Patreon. Support us there. Bye. <laughs>